what the Lord has done this morning. Turn around and look at somebody, and you can see what the Lord has done. Amen. Being in the house of the Lord. You can be seated this morning. We welcome each one in the name of the Lord. Enjoy the specials. Enjoy the songs. Enjoy 58 years of wonderful bliss, marriage. And brothers, it gets better as you get older. Amen. And when you get so old, you don't think nothing about it, and then it gets wonderful. Yeah. The devil didn't agree with that, did he? Is that me or what? That's me. I prophesied this morning. I said, didn't I? Didn't I, David? I said, that thing will go out to one of these mornings while I'm speaking. And it did. One, two, three. Oh, Phil 20 again. I hadn't spoken to the mic in a long time. A little different voice. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we see them being seated in Canada this morning. So, Amy is happy in the Lord. I used to love to hold the mic like this. Age changes things. So we'll try to do our best with it this morning. All right. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 9. We've got three, four scriptures here, and we'll put them on the board for you. This is uh, the kingdom. I just titled it that because I had to have a title. Number 5, and we're looking at the tree of life, the mystery of God, and we can say now, now unveiled. The tree of life which was the mystery of God, now unveiled. What I mean by unveiled is that the veil or the access to it has been lifted. It was lifted to us by the opening of the seven seals. So this mystery of the tree of life, that we could have access to it, was only made available to us in reality basically in 1963 and 1964. It has been a mystery from the Garden of Eden all the way down, and it is still a mystery to all of those who have not partaken of that tree. You only have to partake of the tree, eat the fruit of the tree, to understand and have a revelation of the tree. So the tree of life in the garden, and everything we're going to look at this morning, remember the tree of life is a revelation. The tree of life is a revelation. What is the new birth? It is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the new birth is a revelation of Jesus Christ, the tree of life, personally to you. Now I just paraphrased a quote and if you've been around long enough, and trust me, I'm telling you exactly what the prophet said. In a term that will attract your attention, if we only use parabolic language, it will be a good story to you, but the reality or a spiritual reality that lays in the story will be missed. 
See, not only is it a story, but there's a spiritual reality in every symbolic story or type. The prophet we'll read in a few minutes told us that every type, and we'll start in the Garden of Eden, is a type and a prefigure of one purpose that God had, and it's now unfolded all the way till we can understand and see that purpose in you and I. All unfolds down to a product, a fruit on the end of the tree of life, and that is basically sons and daughters of God who now possess within themselves the very life that was in the root of the tree from the Garden of Eden. With the promise that we can live forever because that is the product of the tree of life. So we're going to read three scriptures here uh, in Genesis chapter 2 verse 9. Out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. In the beginning, man was made a fruit eater or a, not a vegetable eater at this time, but he was to sustain his life by fruit. Maybe there could be nuts, whatever is there, but we was first made to live perpetually from the fruit of the trees. As long as you eat the fruit of the tree, you would have what we would call perpetual life or everlasting life. Not eternal life, everlasting life. So here we find Adam that was eating of the tree who had basically everlasting life or what we call soul life. God breathed in his nostrils the breath of lives, plural, and he became a living soul. In other words, blood began to flow through his veins or the blood chemistry and the blood chemistry made and produced what we call the seed that is able to produce life of its own image and kind. So the very seed in Adam was actually the life of Almighty God. So everyone that was in Adam, every natural seed that was in Adam will be saved. There's not one seed that was in Adam in the original creation that will be lost. Are you following? So we got this story now of redemption. Here you notice also the tree of life is in small print, small letters, insignificant. It is not known. It is veiled. It is not a literal tree that you can see with your eyes. It was a revelation that would, to be brought forth by keeping the word of God. If they had obeyed the word and only eat the fruit of the tree without bringing the woman into the tree of knowledge of good and evil, sooner or later, by obeying the word of God, they would have got the revelation of Jesus Christ, the tree of life, and that revelation would have been identified in Adam because he was ordained to bring forth his first son would have been Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Brother Bram said the firstborn son of Adam and Eve should have been Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of God. My question to you then, if that is true, and I believe that it is, and he only come for 2,000 years later as the woman's seed, then how could he be God and be born the son of Adam in the garden if it hadn't been a sin? Are you following me? 
So Jesus of Nazareth that was created in the womb of a virgin to save mankind through the womb of a woman was not God. He was the created seed or the Son of God that we call Son of Man. All right? Okay. So what you're looking at now is the tree of life is the mystery of God that he hid in himself and now has unfolded it over 6,000 years and through the presence of God himself in a prophet has made known that mystery to us that we can partake of it and not only live forever, but it will transform these mortal bodies into immortality. Now, that's a great story. Few people believe it, but that is the process of the Bible. We find in John 6, 48 through 51, well, 50, we'll read 51. Here we find where Jesus said, Now, I am that bread of life. He could have said, I am that tree of life that was in the garden. I am that tree of life now expressed. Everybody say expressed. Because Jesus was the expression or the glory of the invisible God. Made in the image of God. He was a reflection. Although he was visible, he was material. He was only an agent of the principle, which was life, of God himself. He was an offspring. He was that tree of life, though hidden in type in the Garden of Eden. Which Adam at that time, we'll pick up in a few minutes, Adam actually was the tree of life there, unveiled to himself. Because he didn't have a revelation of his identification in Christ that was in God. Remember last week, we brought you the quote, Brother Bram said, Now, first creation was God himself or man. Out of that was the Logos, which was Jesus, the second man. Out of that come man. Out of man came the woman. That's the reason it says in the New Testament, God is the head of Christ. In other words, God was the source of Christ. Christ was the source of man. Man was the source of woman. They like to read it that God is ahead of Christ. Christ is ahead of man. They skip them too because they don't understand it. But they always want to say man is the head of woman. And there you begin your headship of dominance and rulership and whatever more that's not really there. But it's the way that they use it. Headship means source. Headship means preeminence or what the next step come out of. So what you're seeing is life condescending down that you can understand it. And when we get to a principle that it gets low, we're going to find that life has a process to ascend back to eternal life where it come from. And that is through unfolding. And then when we get down here where we're at, there's a process of eating that brings life forms up to another form, another form, another form, until you're back in the... Final Garden, uh, New, uh, New Jerusalem, which is that holy city that come down from God, the Final Garden. So you're looking at the mystery of three trees and three gardens, but the whole mystery is one tree and three gardens. There's three trees in the Garden of Eden that is a mystery. 
But that has unfolded to us now, and we understand, but we're looking at one tree that remains a mystery, and that is Jesus Christ, the mystery of God, now revealed. Are you following? Brother Bram preached the message, Christ, the mystery of God, revealed. If you'll go back to that sermon and listen to it about a hundred times, uh, you might get the introduction that there's a mystery that we still doesn't, do not know. And the way that Brother Branham preached that sermon, he always preached his sermon and left a measure of mystery in the sermon that requires a revelation to the elect to get. So there was always a manifestation. Jesus manifested himself to the disciples. Signs, miracles, and wonders. But he still had to ask them, who do you say that I am? And though they saw his flesh and blood, that that was still a mystery remaining. Because he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father in heaven has revealed to you who I am. And upon the revelation of who I am as the tree of life, the bread of life, Christ, that revelation will give you a new birth, and I'm going to build my church upon the revelation of who I am. And that is the mystery of Christ revealed to us today. And I say today because the question is not remaining 2,000 years ago who that Jesus was, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. But the question is today, who art thou Christ today? You have to identify Christ in the form that he appears in the age in which you're living. Over and over and over the lesson. Why did Brother Brown go back? Luther, Wesley, Pentecost today. What was he trying to show? It took this life, justification, to bring you up to sanctification, higher form. It took sanctification to bring you up to the baptism of the Holy Ghost, a higher form. Now it takes the baptism of the Holy Ghost to bring you up to the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is immortal form. It takes every form of life to bring you up to another form of life. Now we're fixed here, and the next level of life for us is basically immortality and a new body. Or we perpetually stay the same, go and be judged, and finally, if you make it through the white throne, you still step up to the higher form of life, which is outside the city, which will be everlasting life, but those in the city will have eternal life. Amen? So you're looking at different levels of life all the way through the Bible. Jesus said, your fathers did eat manna, which was the bread from heaven. If you go back and read the story, the children of Israel did not know what manna was. They didn't have a clue what it was. There was a revelation lacking, even though they eat it and it sustained them, kept them sick from being sick, kept their clothes from rotting, everything else. They still did not know what the manna was. Manna, manna, manna. What is this manna that come down from heaven? Jesus said, I'm the bread that come down from heaven. I was the manna that come down from heaven that you eat, and I perpetually give you life, but it was a revelation lacking. You eat it, but there was a revelation lacking, and it didn't do you any good as far as your destination was concerned. Now, there's a bread promised to come down from heaven in this hour. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, which is a bread, a message. That bread or that message is to fulfill Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. Where I pray to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he will give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Here's the key now. In the knowledge of himself. 
So the revelation today is not about you or me or about Brother Branham or church. The revelation today is pertaining to the one who come down, and that is Christ, the mystery of God revealed. Our bridegroom should have all of our attention. And as we grow in the knowledge of the Lord, that wisdom will bring us to where you will diminish in yourself, diminish, diminish until you're completely gone and hid under the preeminence of the Holy Ghost. God's Word will be preeminent in your mind, your soul, and your spirit. Now, don't think way out there. Don't get so lofty that we're going to be Elijah's because that's not true. It's a simplicity of identifying who you are, of who God was and what He done for you, and you eat it and you receive it. You and I this morning, as being born-again believers, are the product of this message. Amen. This is the bread which come down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. Verse 51. I am the living bread. In other words, I am not in a type. I am the Word manifested in flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. I am the manifestation of the type. That is symbolic story. I am the reality of the story. Bread was a type that they eat of. I was the bread in type. The tree of life was symbolic. I am the reality of the tree of life. I am the substance material of fulfilling of the spoken word of God. I am the word made flesh. If you eat of me, my flesh, and drink my blood, you shall never die. That's the reason why we take communion. Bread and wine. What is it type? Flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. Flesh and blood, which is a type, allegory, symbolic forms. Speaking of a revelation. Now, we carry out the symbolic form over and over, service after service. Very few ever understand or receive the revelation of what the symbols represent to them to make it absolutely immortal life within themselves. There is still an element missing, even after Jesus was manifested in the flesh, done all the signs, miracles, and wonders, and keep now, that's the ministry over here today in another form of a prophet. Same ministry, same God. Even though he was manifested and they knew that only God could do the works, there was still a supernatural element involved in who he was, and only God can give you that. That's the reason he said flesh and blood didn't give it to you. In other words, you can read the Bible, you can quote the Bible, you can memorize it, you can listen to every sermon Brother Brown ever preached, but only God can give you a revelation of Christ, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is not this great mystery. We're looking at how he done it. There's the mystery. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Revelation 22, 1 to 5. Let's look at that. In Revelation 22, 1 to 5. Now we're in the third garden or the end product of all, this, all these types. And he showed me a pure river of water of life. So we see a river 
of water of life. To me, that would represent the Holy Spirit. Clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God. Notice now, even, there's a conjunction. Here, here contains the great revelation over and over, and it's so simple. The throne of God and of the Lamb. There is only one Lord God, period. And one little L-O-R-D Messiah Lord, who is the Son of God, who was Jesus of Nazareth. There is the faith that we're contending for. This is the end time revelation. And without that, there's no hope. No hope of making the rapture. I'll put it in that way. There is a simplicity. You must know who God is. And you must know who Jesus Christ is. One is the Lord God, Elohim, Jehovah, said unto my Lord. Anytime it's my Lord, is never speaking of a deity. I'll bring you, I've got it printed out. I should have brought them, let uh, Daniel quote them, uh, print them out for you and give you. I brought you all the quotes. What is it, 269 uh, uh, scriptures in the Old Testament where the term my Lord I gave you 16 translations of Psalms 110.1. I've said for 30 years, there's the whole key to the revelation of the New Testament and this message. The Lord said unto my Lord. We can break it down and break it down, but they still will not receive it. Translation of the Bible said, Jehovah God said unto Messiah. Jehovah God said unto a little Lord. Jehovah God said unto my Master. But it's always two different words, and words matter. Just like it's an impeachment. The Democrats saying, well, he said, do me a favor, which was a lie. They told it over and over and over. Now, every newscaster, if you'll notice, he said, well, the uh, president said, do us a favor. He never said, do us a favor. Thou shalt not surely die. One word makes all the difference. Then the Lord, capital L-O-R-D. This is how the prophet said, Braden, I'll give you three quotes where he, he brought it out for you. He said, watch that capital L-O-R-D. That is Jehovah God. Little L-O-R-D is Jesus the Messiah. Brother Branham actually preached the two lords, which is basically not a true scriptural phrase, but it's written in here in Psalms 110, as the Lord said to my Lord, it should have been the Jehovah God said unto my master. That's the true translation. I give you 16 translations, and all of, most of them got it right except the King James. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst, watch, here's the tricky one right here. You're talking about in the midst of the garden up here and the tree of life, and in the midst of the street of it. Now, the street of it would actually be this river of water flowing, but now it's called a street, but in the midst of the street, sounds like to me, in the middle of the road stands a tree. In the midst of the tree of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life. Now you can read that, it looked like three trees. And that's what it says. If you've got a tree on this side, you've got a tree on that side, that's at least two trees. And if you've got a tree in the middle, midst of the that means it looked like three trees. You say, well, yeah, that's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. 
It could have been the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. But these three trees represents what? The Garden of Eden, right back to the Garden, and the bride and the groom is now the tree of life. Watch now, because what? In the midst, uh, either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. That's the bride, the prophet said. This is the bride tree. This is the restored bride tree revealing that God will accomplish His purpose in the end. Bride tree will be restored. First E fell, second E fell. Brother Bam said after the seals, there is a bride in this hour that is predestinated not to fall. This is the mystery of God. Having a bride predestinated not to to fall and he provides a means by which she will not fall and that is access to the tree of life before she can fall in other words the womb of your mind is sealed up by the revelation of Jesus Christ in this hour and it's impossible for you to fall amen verse 3 and there shall be no more curse but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him. That's 144,000. And they shall see his face. And his name shall be in their foreheads. Which the uh, mark of the spirit of Christ. The mark of the elect. The seal of God and the mark of the beast are two things. The, mark of, the seal of God is greater than the mark of the beast. You're going to be sealed in your forehead and in your hand. In other words, you'll only receive the revelation of one God. And one only begotten son. And your labor will be according to that revelation. The mark of the beast is you'll receive a Trinitarian denominational matter of death that cannot come to life. And has no life in it, period. That has turned down the access to this tree. When they turned down how God done it, and that was a pillar of fire and a prophet. He repeats it over and over and over. Pillar of fire and a prophet. Pillar of fire and a prophet. Pillar of fire and a prophet. And we've had our pillar of fire and the prophet is gone, but the pillar of fire is still here because he has now been absorbed. He has now been partaken of and absolutely conceived or made a, a conception in the womb of his bride. And the marriage has already taken place here. We're sealed in. That seal is there. Watch. There shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, S-U-N, for the Lord God, see how it said that? The Lord God. Every place in the Old Testament, when it refers to God, it says the Lord. The Lord God. Always preceded with a the. Something that is not deity always precedes as a my. We can go back to Abraham. When Abraham, Sarah called Abraham, my Lord. Then when Abraham seen two, three men coming, he said, my or the Lord. He referred to him as God. Abraham referred to Abraham as Lord, which was her master or her husband. You say, is there two lords? There's not two gods. There's not two, capital L-O-R-D-S. There's a capital L-O-R-D and a little L-O-R-D. There is a father and there is a son. That son is not vapor. He did not vaporize. He did not go back to smoke or he did not return to a light. 
He remained an immortal man. He still has the wounds in his body that you can see for as a trophy or a prize of his suffering. He is on the throne of God right now making intercession upon our confession. And I believe that he's approving of what we're preaching to you this morning. He is alive. And the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is here among us as he promised because he promised Jesus in his covenant before the foundation of the world that he would present to him a chaste virgin that has not failed or been defiled by a man. Praise God. That's the reason he said in the visible union, you're now the virtuous, sinless bride of Jesus Christ. You never sinned in the first place. Come on now. Because you was covered even before you got here by the blood covenant. In the message, uh, earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And I put in your notes what that faith was. It is not a Pentecostal faith, the hoop to do and signs, miracles, wonders. That's a part of the commission, but we're beyond that. Not beyond signs, miracles, wonders, but we're beyond that phase where God attracted the church by signs, miracles, and wonders. You won't see that returning again in a major way in those that are representing truth. Out here in the devil worship, demons and whatever more, Trinitarians and whatever they got out there, you may see things of it, big crowds and a lot of emotion, what more, but that's not God doing it out there. There's your false anointed ones out there being basically gathered together by angels of light, deceived by the Holy Ghost or the gifts of the Holy Ghost as Satan can use the power and the laws of God to manifest them. Now we are looking at the bridegroom period. Our attention should be on the bridegroom, not on ourselves. I was reading this week, I, I quote it all the time you know, what, through the years. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then ask what you will. Now how many, how many of our minds went to the thought, ask what you will? Every one of us. Oh, I got this need. Oh, Lord, you said I'm, I'm in you. Now I can ask, ask, ask. That's not the thought. Abide in me. Abide in me. If you abide in me, you don't have to ask. Because before you call, I'll answer. Everything you need, I'll take care of. If you'll understand that you're in me and I am in you, I am in full control. You have nothing to do with it. You can chop, you can sweat, you can work, you can do whatever more. That has nothing to get to where you want. You can put on your throat or try to put on the coat, but you'll never get it on correctly. You've got to let the Holy Spirit do it for you. I pray that you will prosper and be in health. And everybody said, hallelujah, hallelujah, I'm going to prosper and be in health. Watch now, even as. Say it with me, even as. Even as your soul prospers. So if your soul doesn't prosper, you won't be in health and finances. Oh, I'm going to prosper and be in health. Even as your soul prospers. So what do I need to do to prosper and be in health? I've got to feed the soul the revealed Word of God. That's my only obligation is to eat what God has provided. Spiritual food in due season. Amen. I hope we begin to see what this end time message is all about. It is the manna that come down from heaven. It is the tree of life that was in the garden. 
It was the tree manifested in flesh 2,000 years ago in the person of Jesus Christ. Now it is a revealed message, a shout that has come down from heaven, represented by light, spoken through a prophet. Now the supernatural element remains revealed to the hearer to become bread of life. Amen. We've got to eat and make our body, as the prophet said. If you do not eat the Word of God, which is the only food for the soul. Now, we eat for the body. We worry about that all the time. You eat too much. Too fat. We're talking about this morning. Oh, we can take gold old pills and get rid of this and still eat cake and take this pill and get rid of that. Take this pill and get rid of that. Why don't we just eat the Word of God and quit all the other pills and it'll take care of itself? That's what the Bible tells us. We're going to prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. When you pray, forgive, even as your Father has forgiven you. All right. So the quote now in this message, Brother Brown brings out these points for us. Notice he said, the tree was the woman. So we're looking at the mystery of the types. There was a tree of knowledge of good and evil. It didn't tell you that it was a woman. The theologians today still doesn't believe that it was a woman. They don't believe that the tree of life was Jesus Christ. It was some whatever more, some law, some, something out there. They don't understand it today. They don't believe in serpent seed. It was a natural seed. It was all a story. It was all an allegory. It was all symbolic of an ancient theory. But it was reality. The Bible is absolutely the truth. If he said the woman's seed, the woman had a seed, and you know the woman doesn't have a seed in herself. But Christ was the woman's seed. Then how did she have a seed? God overshadowed her, or the Holy Spirit overshadowed her, and created in her womb a germ and a seed, which is called now the only begotten Son, or the new creation of God. I shouldn't call it the only begotten Son, because the only begotten Son was the Logos that come out of God in the beginning. So it was the created Son of God. So we'll get our story straight. Now, the tree was the woman, and when Adam partaken of this, which Adam was the tree of life in symbolic form, he was a type of the second Adam. He was a prefigure of Jesus Christ. Paul tells you that in Romans. By one man, we all went into sin, and by one man, Jesus Christ, we was all redeemed out of sin. We all went down by one man, we all come back with one man. Adam was a prefigure of Jesus Christ who was the tree of life. All right. Anyone born to the woman or the tree of knowledge of good and evil uh, in this world, it has to die. In other words, a life can be brought forth, but it has to die. But the tree of life that was standing in, in there was Jesus Christ. Now, the mystery was what form. Could they see him? Did they know him? God told them about it at the tree of life, but what understanding or what revelation did they have? Because they didn't partake of it. If it was there, they walked around and sat in the shade of it, never gained their attention, and never attracted them. Isn't it amazing how Jesus could heal the sick, feed the multitudes, and it didn't attract too many people as who he was? 
Seventy people thought he was. He said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And I said, well, that's a vampire. We can't handle that. Our minds are too smart for that. They couldn't figure out what his flesh and blood was. It was a mystery. It was a revelation. So they didn't partake of it. What happened? They denied the tree of life and died. Come on now. So if the tree of life come in this hour, and I told you the tree of life is in our midst, and He is here. Brother Bram said, my ministers declare to you that He is here. All right, what is here? Oh, it's the Holy Ghost, and He's always been here. No, the tree of life is here. Because Brother Bram said, we see Him 2,000 years ago, and they hadn't seen Him now until this hour, and we appeared on the Ohio River there as a light. So who are we talking about? We're talking about Christ, the mystery of God, now unveiled, now made real or made tangible in our midst. And if you want to, if you can hear it this morning, William Branham was the representative or the type of the tree of life. He was the only one that had the revelation. We've got a few amens and that's, all, that's it, but it's the truth anyhow. Well, I don't believe that. I want an internet and I found all the bad things about William Branham. Stay off the internet and read your Bible. Why do you think the devil puts so much negativism on the internet so everybody can read it? They're trying to keep you away from the tree of life. Anytime you find stones, limbs, and whatever more, everybody's trying to bring down a tree, dragging down a tree, and he's the only tree that was vindicated. There's not a one of them could say he was not of God. They'll all say, oh, his great fruit, his great gift. There's nobody like him but, uh, since Jesus Christ, but his teaching was wrong. Oh, wait a minute, I thought the teaching is what you eat off of the tree. His doctrine was wrong. Eat my fruit. See, we believe in three gods, three personalities. And the brother Bram said, you're all going to hell because it's idolatry. There's no such thing as three gods. There's only one God. And his name as God is Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, that's the name of Jesus. That's right, because he, the Son took on the name of the Father and manifested the Father here as the agent of Almighty God. But he wasn't a principle. He wasn't God. You said, you mean Jesus wasn't God? He was God when God dwelt in him. But when God left him, he was the son of God. He was just a man. A unique man at that, but he was just a man. His blood was pure blood of Almighty God. Watch now. Uh, and the tree was standing there in the mist. Now on that feast day, look how Brother Branham jumps now 2,000 years or 6,000 years, 4,000 years. And he said, watch, that tree say, our fathers eat manna in the wilderness. He goes right back to the type. He goes right back showing how the tree of life unfolded itself. There's a story, Abraham, Moses, David, all, that's all one purpose being unfolded, unfolded, unfolded. One story being told over and over and over. The purpose and the secret that God had in his mind, he begins to lay it out. Because Brother Branham said if he just opened up the revelation of God's purpose, it would disintegrate you just like in these movies where they saw the, uh, the light and they vanished. We cannot stand in the light of God. Even the pillar of fire that's in his midst is only a reflection and the reflection, when he come uh, around the prophet or in the prophet, drained the strength out of him so fast that they had to carry him off. Didn't even know who he was. And if you ever get on just a little dose of the anointing and truly anointed, about an hour and a half, you're going to hit the floor because you can't stand up under the anointing. Just as simple as being anointed upon us. 
you get in a good real meeting where the anointing of God comes in the building and signs and wonders going on, uh, you can tell it. You'll be totally exhausted in 35 or 40 minutes. It's a, it draws a life strength right out of you. Why did Jesus have to have an angel come to strengthen him in the garden for him to be able to drink the cup and it's complete to go to Calvary to accomplish redemption for the fallen man? It was so great that he sweated great drops of blood out of his pores and everything else. But he, but he, kept the, he drank the cup and there, now we are redeemed. Watch. And everyone, let's see, and our fathers eat manna in the wilderness. And he said, every one of you are dead. But I am the bread of life that come down from heaven. He quotes what Jesus said that we read in our text. Watch. If a man eat thereof, he shall never die. How many believes that? All right, so the only thing that we have to do is eat of this tree. You want a good perpetual life of prosperity and health? You've got to eat this tree. You want to live forever and go to the new Jerusalem? You've got to eat this tree. If you don't eat this tree, what's the outcome? You will die. You might live to be 80, which I have, thank God. Might literally be 90. Might even live to be 100 like my mother. But if something doesn't intervene, which is the tree of life, you're going to die. But here's a promise. If you eat this tree, you shall never die. Now, we could change bodies. I could change bodies. You say, well, Brother Gregory died. I didn't die. I just went to another body. In other words, I left this form. I'm trying to get something across this morning. I don't know how to put it. I left this form, and I just went to another form. Am I the same person? Yes. But I'm in a different form. Was Jesus a rock back here in the wilderness? The rock that followed him was Christ. But he looked like a rock. Now, can you imagine seeing Christ, and he was a rock? But out of the rock come water. How can water come out of a rock? When you see Moses, what did you saw? You saw Christ. When you look at the life of Joseph, what is the perfect type and example of the life of Christ? Every story, every prophet, David, he was a type of Christ. Everything God done was trying to show unfold himself, which is invisible. He can't just talk to you like I'm talking to you. He's got to talk to you through something to communicate. See, God set up His own laws. If we could stand here and the Spirit up here would start talking to you this morning that you couldn't see what you could hear, then we'd say, oh, that's something talking to me. I'll, I'll take it. But what if it wasn't God? Because the devil can appear and talk to you through a voice. The devil can do a lot of things. Yeah, but he can't materialize. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he can. Who appeared to Luther in the form of an, of an angel? Said, I'm Jesus, bow down and worship me. And he said, well, he's got a crown on and I hadn't crowned him yet, so that must be a devil. So he threw the inkwell at him and said, get behind these Satan. What about the guy in Brazil? He can sit there and put a cigar in a closet, sit there and do his mumbo jumbo mumbo, and all of a sudden the cigar appears on the table. How's that work? Mumbo boom 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 boom. Cigar evaporates, goes over the closet, and there's the cigar over in the closet. How does that work? Now, if that guy could do that and begin to preach Jesus loves you, he could prove he's a prophet pretty quick. 
Oh, I'm a prophet of God. Watch. Boom, boom, boom. Cigar approach. Well, I better get me an apple instead of a cigar. A lot of people might not believe in smoking, but they all believe in eating the apple. Hallelujah. Come on. They all believe in eating the apple. John MacArthur, one of the greatest scholars that writes books, and he writes books on every book in the Bible, and three of them at a time, still believes that it was an apple. How educated do you have to get to just take God at His Word? Lord, have mercy, help us all, Jesus. He was that tree that was in the Garden of Eden. If he was the tree in the Garden of Eden, he was not visible. And he was veiled to their minds that they could not understand or receive it. How, how do you, okay, let's put. If he's the tree of life, Eve didn't know anything about bringing forth life. She was innocent. So the serpent, he tried to explain to her, now this is the way that you bring forth life. Now, if he was a good guy like everybody thinks... He said, now you go to your husband and fulfill that. But he didn't. She got caught up in it, and you know the outcome of it. She didn't understand it. If she didn't understand natural life, how could she understand the revelation of the supernatural life? They still didn't get the tree because after they failed, they didn't run to the tree of life to live forever. Most people, when they fall in sin, do they run to the tree of life? Come on now. You see people get so religious and all of a sudden something happens in their marriage and what they do? They just go to, go to pot. When something happens where you should run, you go, should run to the tree of life. Is there an answer for me? Sure there's an answer. Well, I'm in this horrible condition, praise God. My wife let me da-da-da. Uh, I, I can't live without a woman. Da-da-da. What, oh, I, I better might as well just give up quick. No, there's an answer for you. Are, are you following? Well, I can't live alone. There's still an answer for you. But you've got to have enough sincerity and desire in God to find the answer. And the answer is not in psychology. I've yet to have one family that separated in this church under the 30 years of here, that absolutely come to me for counsel to keep their marriage together. They go to some psychologist. They go to some Baptist teacher down the road or up the town or whatever more. But do they come to the pastor that fed them for 30 years to say, how can we solve our problem? The only one that's got an answer for you is the one that's feeding you the Word of God. Well, I don't want my dirt laid out. Lay the dirt out and let's get a soap that can wash it. Because in Revelation, under the tree of life, bring your robes to the tree of life and wash them that you can enter into the city. You think that we got robes that are spotless and clean. Every one of us in here needs our robe washed. There's not one perfect. We all got here born in sin, shaping an equal come to the world speaking lies. And not a one of us can save ourselves, help ourselves, and not a one of us is holy, and not a one of us has got the revelation of Jesus Christ in His fullness. Is it here? Yes. What do we need? We need the Holy Spirit to get a hold of somebody, some channel, to teach us and give us the answer. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. 
And he promised to give us the answer because I'll never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. Amen. You call God a liar. Well, I'm gone. Who told you that? I married 15 times. I must be gone. I can marry 40 times and not be gone. Show me in this Bible when you're married 15 times that you're gone. It's not in here. Oh, yeah, but we believe. Check your belief with this right here. How many wives did David have? Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but don't start yeah, butting me. Get down to the truth of it. Is it acceptable? No. Is it a sin? Yes. Is it unforgivable? No. One of the great statements that the prophet of God made that I hadn't swallowed down completely, I'm still chewing on it because I don't know how he made it, and that was a, married, a preacher that is married and divorced can still minister. I can't see that in the Scripture. I can't swallow it, but I'm still chewing on it because he said it. So when we start kicking out everybody because they made a mistake in the flesh, and something's wrong, something's wrong, they may not be called to minister. But does that mean they're out of the economy of God? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know how I got on that. Come on, let's go down to another one. Mm. Marriage and divorce, it gets you in trouble every time. Put your state in the tree of life. Jesus Christ is the mystery. Now unfolded. Let's look at it basically. If I got a few minutes, give me 15 minutes and we'll try to close this one. Let's go to the sermon, The Mystery of God Revealed. We should take it paragraph by paragraph, line by line, until we break it down and break it down until God reveals it to us. We put the quotes up there. Now, God's secret. Okay, there you go. Thanks, Dave. Now, God's secret mystery. That sounds deep. Now, what is a mystery? It is a truth. It's something that's taught in the Bible that is veiled to our understanding or veiled to the fulfillment. It's there, but it's not known to the church or to us yet. That's how I see Adam. The tree of life was there, but his mind was veiled. Didn't Paul say that Israel, when they turned down, the veil was up on their heart until this day? They still don't know that Jesus was the Messiah. But once that veil is lifted, and two prophets will go and preach to them basically what we're telling you this morning, and 144,000 will see the reality and their identity in Jesus Christ, believe and be saved. Because the children of God, the seed of God, is built a special way. We're typed as sheep. And sheep basically just follow. They just feed where the shepherd leads them to feed. They drink when he leads them to water. I, I really never did like to be typed to the sheep because they're pretty dumb. But I guess being dumb will help you understand that you ain't got nothing to do with it. The Father don't lead me to water. I won't drink if you don't give me food. And all I got to do one day is give up the wool a little bit. Then shake it off and go eat some more and drink some more. God's secret mystery, 
he had before the world began. Now, the world there to me would be the world started in the Garden of Eden or the creation of man and woman. Because there's a world before that called the Andalusian world. Where'd your dinosaurs come from? Where all those things come from? Now, back in the back part of God's mind, now what man would have the ability to know what's in the back part of God's mind? Now, you'd have to be insane. You'd have to have stupid people that's listening. Or you would have to be built and know something that no one else knows to give you this authority to speak this way. Because if you are going to tell me something in the back part of God's mind, you're telling me that you're in contact with somebody or that God that actually knows. And you better prove to me that you're in contact with him or I'm going to call you a devil. This secret that he had in the back part of God's mind, there was something that he was trying and was going to achieve. Brother Branham preaches in a mystery. To me, he should have left out, was trying. He said there should be something that was God was going to achieve. Because if God wants to do anything, he's got a goal, he's going to achieve it one way or the other. He doesn't try. But it appears that he tried and failed about three times. Failed in the garden. That E fell. The church born on the day of Pentecost, it fell. Now we got another bride that won't fall. He tried and he tried and now he achieves. Now why did he fail? And why did he fail and now achieve? Is because every time he failed, he made himself known a little bit more. A little bit more, a little bit more. And in his failure, so to speak, he brought out another attribute of himself. Because if God was not a redeemer, when we fail, there would be no redemption. So he caused man to fall so he could express himself as a redeemer. He allowed sickness to come into the world so he could manifest himself as a healer. Come on now. God wants to reveal himself. And that's what the great mystery is. Watch. He was trying to achieve something, going to achieve something. And he had a motive in doing it. In order to let himself be expressed. Okay, so the motive of God, what he was trying to accomplish, was he wanted himself to be expressed. That's the reason I refer your mind back to Ephesians 1, because the spirit of wisdom and revelation is God himself come down from heaven... 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, The Lord Himself shall descend from heaven. The bread of life shall descend from heaven. The tree of life shall come down here. With a message. With a doctrine. With a mystery. That you could eat, partake, digest. And it's going to do something for you. Watch. And the whole thing behind it was to express Himself, or himself to be expressed. What? Because why? First, there wasn't even a moon, star, atom, molecule, or anything. He was God, but he exactly wasn't God at that time. Because God is an object of worship. There wasn't nothing to worship him. So in this great mind, 
He wanted these attributes to be expressed. All right, now watch. He's going to, it comes down to identify us. We're only God's plan expressed. And in him was love. In him was to be father. In him was to be son. In him was to be a savior. In him was to be a healer. All these great attributes, watch now, that we see already expressed. What do you mean see expressed? From the Garden of Eden, we walk down through history, all the signs and miracles, and Abraham, David, all those prophets, Malachi, all the way up to Jesus, right on down through Luther, right on down to the present time, we see all these attributes already expressed. We see him as a healer. We see him raising the dead. We see all those things, they're already expressed in front of us. See, they're being expressed, they were in God. All these expressions was in God, and God is life now. You're looking at a source of life. So, my opinion, that's Brother Brandon's opinion, the first thing that he made was angels. Well, I thought the first thing that he made was the Logos and only that. But now he said the first thing he made was angels. And then they worshipped him, and that made him God. All right. And he started from there. As in previous messages, I have tried to explain it, break it down. Now then, when angels begin to worship him, that was before there was even a molecule in the earth. You're still in this total darkness. Even before he said a light come forth and now you have two, there was angels back there that worshiped him as God. All right, Jesus Christ was in the form of Michael, the archangel, back in that realm, that time. But the story was still there. The two anointed cherubims that covers the word. The mystery was still there. Watch. There was nothing. Then there couldn't be a son. There couldn't be nobody beside of him. There was nothing. No creation. Nothing. It was all darkness. There wasn't no sun, nor no moon, no stars, no nothing. If there was no nothing, there was nothing. All right. If there's no nothing, where did something come from? I'm looking at a principle here, and I don't know whether we get to it or not, because life can only come out of life. Life cannot come from dead matter. Science proves that you can bring life out of dead matter. If some great something combination of miracles and whatever more chemicals 6,000 or 6 billion years ago happened and created life, not so. From the Garden of Eden, there can be no life outside of a pre-existing life. Getting this up in just a few minutes. Now, you hold that thought. Watch. He asked Job, where was you when I laid the foundation of the world? Where was Job? Had to be in his mind in an attribute form. It was nothing but a thought. An attribute, not even expressed. See, when you... When you, uh, he said, where was you when I laid the foundations of the world? See, when the morning stars sang together... The sons of God shouted for joy. See, now, where were you? The sons of God shouted for joy wasn't there either. Come on, there was nothing there. I've heard priests say, oh, that's where you was at. I was the son of God. I was John. No, you wasn't even there. You was just a thought. You wasn't no real. But since you were a thought, now you're here today as an expression of the thoughts of Almighty God. Then how did you get here as a life 
unless you come from a source of life. And how, come you come, how can you come from dead matter and be quickened and call the new birth? That's the reason the Pentecostals don't like the thought that you had life in you. You're not a reprobate or dead matter. You got a form of life in God in you from the very beginning, or you never could be quickened to a higher form of life. You can't be born again to a higher life unless there's a life there to be raised up to a higher form. Lord have mercy. Watch now. Now, where were you? That was way back before the earth. Now, God had a purpose and a hidden mystery. And that's what I want to speak on to the church this morning. The hidden mystery of God that he had in his mind before the world ever began. And how that it's unfolded itself right down to this present hour that we're living in. Or we're living. See? Then you will understand clearly then what is being done. Okay, there's where we got to come. We got to see clearly what the Logos is here doing in our lives. Started in the garden as a prefigure. It's worked its way through the garden of Gethsemane. Now it's down here headed to the final garden. Watch now. God's great mystery. Here's the whole thing, and we'll try to climb with one. God's great mystery. Are you awake? Say amen. amen. All right, listen carefully. God's great mystery of how. Not what, how. How he done it has always been the mystery. What if you had God standing here in human flesh, and you didn't know how he was going to do it, and you looked at God, and he was there as a man. Oh, that couldn't happen. Well, it did. Melchizedek was the king over a city. He probably argued with the wives over who got the most apples off the tree, whatever more. He sat there and talked to them. He appeared to Abraham. Abraham served him, uh, paid him tithes. He served communion. He was God. No father, no mother. There was God as a king over a people, over a city. They didn't have a clue that he was God. His form veiled the mystery of who he was to the people because it was not time for man to understand the mystery of God. But he prefigured it all the way through. So I'm going to look for a man to show up who is actually God manifested in a form talking to me and if I receive the words that he's telling me I'm feeding from that tree and I'm going to get life out of it. That's the mystery of Malachi 4. Ever, the assemblies of God say they're Malachi 4. They're not Malachi 4. Malachi 4 said I'll send you Elijah the prophet and that prophet will not be a man. Oh, Brother Brandon was Elijah. He was not. He was a prophet of God. Not a prophet like I am, a preacher. That just means a preacher. He was a prophet of God who God could come down and talk to him face to face. When Elijah, the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of Christ, 
He comes down in the same nature, the same spirit of Elijah, but he's got to have a prophet to speak for him. Like Moses said, uh, I'm going to send you down the people. Moses said, I can't talk. He said, I'll give you Aaron. And Aaron will talk to you, talk for you. God's great mystery of how. What? It's a secret. Keep in mind, we're down the road here long enough that we can keep in mind that Brother Branham is talking about himself. So I don't want he said to us, we he's talking about himself. And when you start putting us, them, corporate in there, you're going to come up with a corporate Elijah, you're going to come up with a group doing something, and it's not a group, it's one man. One Holy Spirit doing it all. And when you see that he's only talking to himself and you're identified with that, that's your part, that's it, you're in, you're sealed, that's it, that's finished. And if you'll ever be able to confess that confession of one Lord God Almighty and one only begotten Son, Jesus of Nazareth, our Messiah, and God made Him our Lord. He made Him the head of the church. And I'm buried with Him in baptism, showed that He raised from the dead, that He's alive now, and our Heavenly Father is here preparing me for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Praise be to God. God kept His Word all the way through. Watch now. He kept it a secret. What did He keep a secret? How? Nobody know nothing about it. Didn't know nothing about what? How? Maybe just follow me now. Even the angels didn't understand it. All right? If you got your Bible, or David, I don't know where you put it up there, put Matthew 24, 36, and 37. If you refer to it, if you go to your Bible, you'll see what he's talking about. He's giving you a scripture that he's looking at. Even the angels didn't understand it. What did not the angels understand, according to Jesus in Matthew 24, when they asked him, what is the sign of your coming? And there's where the big squabble is today. Where, what is the sign of your perusia? What is the sign that you're literally present? What is the sign of your appearing made visible to the church? What is that sign of your presence? That's the question. Watch, you said, now watch. Even the angels didn't understand it. He said, basically, the son doesn't know. The angels don't know. Only the father knows. That's what he's talking about. All right. In that scripture, he's talking about what is a sign of your presence. He said, the angels didn't know. The son does not know, which is Jesus. Only the father knows. In anybody's language, if Jesus said, the son doesn't know, only the father knows, to me, they are not one like your finger. I keep pushing the issue because we got to get over this hump to be able to make the rapture. There is a veil of the revelation of God and His Son, the Messiah, Christ, is the mystery of God made known to us for the rapture. 
He didn't reveal it. See, that's the reason. Watch Look where he jumps to now. That's the reason under our seventh mystery, which was the seventh seal. This is not skim milk, church. I know I'm taking too long, but watch. When the seventh seal was opened, there was silence. All right? So 99% of you ministers out there listen to this word. Listen carefully. He said, when the seventh seal was opened, that means it's opened. We may not understand what it is, but it's open. Access to it, the availability of it, is open. We're talking about the tree of life. <laughs> We're talking about something now that's been open, that's been closed. It's now open that you have access to it simply by receiving it and confessing it, which means eat it. You've got to eat to live. All right. I know I'm drilling it over and over. God help me. When you get old, you just got to get over and over. Watch. Brother Bram called it hammer, 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 hammer. He said you got to hammer it, hammer it, hammer it, hammer it until you clench the nail. But the people will get so tired of hammering, 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 hammering that they don't want the nail clenched. You're not going in the rapture outside of this revelation. I don't know how to clench it any farther. With this revelation, you're already sealed in. Your destiny is made sure. Praise be to God. That revelation in us now will come out of our mouth as the voice of resurrection giving praise to Almighty God. Watch now. There was silence. Jesus, when he was on earth, they wanted to know when he would come. Now he's quoting Matthew 24, 36. Or Matthew 24, 1 to 3 is what he's quoting. He said... It's not even the Son Himself don't know when it's going to happen. What's going to happen? Oh, when Jesus is going to come. No, He didn't say when I'm coming, Revelation 19. He said when the pillar of fire will come. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. Revelation 10, 1. See, God has this all to Himself. So this knowledge is a part of the Word. But that knowledge is sealed up until the spirit of wisdom revelation, which is God himself, comes down here to make known to the heirs of this promise. That our eyes of understanding may be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling us. And what is the exceeding greatness of the power that's unveiled to us, or this revelation is the power of God unveiled to us, that he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. This revelation will absolutely raise the dead, put them here in our presence that we can see them. God has this all to himself. It's a secret. Hmm. So if it's a secret, then God's the only one who got it, so there's no way we can get it then. Okay, Brother Bram, are you talking in circles? What are you doing here? And that's the reason there was silence in heaven for a space of a half hour. Okay, if there's silence, nothing was said, so we don't ha still don't have it. Seven thunders uttered their voices. Well, if somebody uttered their voices, it wasn't silence. If somebody's doing some speaking. But the silence was what, where? Silence is not in heaven now. Or the, silence is not on earth now. It's in heaven. There was silence in heaven. 
for the space of half an hour, which basically is about 21 to two and two and a half years. And it took about that long for us to begin to understand what the thunders uttered here. Because he said, watch, for a space of half an hour, and then seven thunders uttered their voices. John was forbidden to write it. See, write what he saw. To write it, see, the coming of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Now, Brother Brown throws you a double curve and a fastball at the same time right there. Because when you read that, what are you thinking? Come on, I preached to you for 35 years. You ought to know it now. If he quoted you, Matthew 24, 1 to 3, which says the perusia or the presence, literal presence, 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 presence. He's not saying coming, 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 coming like someone is there and they got to come here. Do you think a prophet didn't understand what, first, uh, what Matthew 24, the word perusia, meant? When he preached it for 30-something years? The unrecognized presence of Almighty God? Why was the presence of God unrecognized? I know I'm taking too long. Can y'all want to come? I'll try to close. How was it not recognized? Well, I don't see the coming of the Lord. He was standing right there talking to them. They didn't recognize God when He come, according to the Word, as a prophet. Revelation 10, 7. They didn't get it. The world didn't get it. People that even claims that he, they did get it are falling away now because of what? Well, it's not nothing happening. It, it, uh, we don't, we don't, where is the rapture? Where is the sign of his presence? What's the sign of his presence? Where's the promise of his coming? The rapture. <laughs> How many understand that the, you are already raptured? You're already caught up into the revelation of Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. You will never come back down on this level again. Come on now. You've been raised up here. And nothing will get to your mind except what? A higher form of life. What are you coming to church year in and year out seemingly not getting nothing because that soul in here can only go up by one way and that's hearing the Word of God. And we come feed a little bit, a little, a little, a little, a little, but you don't realize how much this Word has changed you over the last 25 or 30 years. You don't realize how much your thinking has changed. You don't realize how much you... Understand now that you did not understand 25 or 30 years ago. I read this same quote in back in 84 and 86 and didn't have a clue, and the people didn't have a clue what was reading. I'll show you. Watch. Watch the paragraph up here. Seven thunders uttered their voices, and John was beginning to write, see? The coming of the Lord. What's everybody squabbling about in the message now? The coming of the Lord. What's everybody claiming to be waiting for? The coming of the Lord. And still declare that Brother Branham was a prophet? And his ministry was to declare, He is here. So who's here? 
pillar of fire. God Himself. Because we got to go up on a white cloud to come back on white horses. Do you think we'll come back on white horses? I thought it so much I bought a horse and learned how to ride. I had a fear of horses. I said, man, I better, I better get used to riding a horse, you know, because uh, so I wouldn't rode horses in the show. And everybody said, he's backslid, he's backslid, he's riding horses. He's dipping manure out of the pond. Basically, he's, oh, that's a sin. Brother Walt, he said, Brother Gray, that's a sin. You shouldn't be riding horses out in public. I said, what do you do for entertainment? Oh, he said, I get my shorts on. I come out here in my boat and I just lay in the sun. I said, like some beauty queen or something? And you think that's all right, huh? It's so legal. We went to the Bahamas down to Trinidad. Brother Sankin went and went out on the boat. Everybody had a bathing suits because they take you about 10 miles out, and they call them pools. There's pools out there. Right out in the middle of the ocean, there's pools, and they're only about this deep. All the tropical fish, both the beautiful things you've ever seen. So we went out there, and Brother Walt said, legal. Well, we can't go mix bathing. There's women, there's women in the ocean. I'd almost backslid by then, so I, I, I looked over to Brother Sankey and winked at him, you know. He's sitting on the side of the boat. I said, boy, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. I said, boy, I bet it'd be fun looking at them fish. Yeah, I would, but, man, that's big bathing. I said, look over there, Brother Walt. See that? And I just pushed him overboard. <laughs> I said, man, overboard. Me and Brother Sankey just dived in to save him. Oh, we've come a long way now. Watch. Real quick. That's one thing he hasn't revealed yet of how he will come. Okay? Let's stop there this morning. If we stop right there, guess what you'll go home with? Nobody has it's been re, not been revealed when he will come. That's how people read this message. And when he will come. Okay, so we don't know about him coming. We don't know when he comes. We don't know nothing about it. All right, it's okay. It's a good thing that he doesn't. Watch. He has showed or revealed it in every type that's in the Bible. Oh, wait a minute. In other words, we don't know, but he's revealed it in every type of the Bible. Therefore, the entire Bible is the revelation of God's mystery in Christ. Huh. The entire Bible is an expression of one goal that God had, one purpose he wanted to achieve in the entire Bible. And all the acts of the believers in the Bible has been in type, that's starting from the Garden of Eden, that's where we're at. An expression of what God's great goal is. And now, in this last day, watch, and now in this last day, he has revealed it and shows it. Oh, A half a paragraph up, he says that it's one thing he hasn't revealed yet of how he will come and when he will come. And then he turns around and, and, then, sends, and then turns around and says, now in this last day he has revealed it. Okay, Brother Bradham, you're going to have to explain this parable like Jesus. We don't understand what you're saying. If it's already been revealed, but nobody knows it yet. But now it's already been revealed. What is he talking about? It hadn't been revealed to the church yet. But it has been revealed to him. And now he's revealing it to us. Are you, are you following it? It's got to come down from a prophet down to us. For that life to raise us up to a higher form of life. Sorry. I put, I put a little type in your notes. You can read them. The only way that you can go to a higher form of life is you've got to eat. Let's look at the old parable and they tell it over and over. God created in the sun, moon, vegetable life, animal life, kingdom, what, 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 
the animal life, he comes up to a serpent. That's the highest form of animal life there was. Most intellectual animal in the field. Okay, now you've got animal life. He creates man, now you've got human life. Okay, human life is a little higher than animal life. Is that right? Okay, now then you've got a lower life called grass and vegetables. You've got fruit on the trees. Now, Adam was to eat the fruit on the tree to keep his life. Right? Now then, what do you do? Let's look at the old parable. You've got grass. You've got a vegetation kingdom here. The cow eats the grass. Okay. Animal kingdom takes the vegetable kingdom, grass kingdom, eats it, digests it, brings it up to animal kingdom. Now the grass is a part of the cow. Okay. So the vegetable kingdom has been brought up to the animal kingdom. Now then we kill the cow and eat the cow. I think we'll have a good steak for dinner. We kill the cow and eat the cow. Now the grass life has been brought up to cow life. Cow life now is brought up to human life. So the grass now is in you. So you've brought them two kingdoms up to a higher form of kingdom, human life. All right, now then we stop because we've got to eat to a higher form of life to be brought up. Jesus, the tree of life, is the only thing higher than our human life. So until I can eat of that life, I can't be brought to that life to go to a higher form of life. So we say perpetually here. All right. Now the tree of life has come down here in our midst and is accessible. Now if you eat the body word of the Son of Man or the message that come down from heaven, which is a message, a shout, a revelation of Jesus Christ, the tree of life that's here now, you call it the word, you call it the message, you call it the gospel. If you receive it, that means you eat it. You let it in your system. You let it in your mind. And that life in that word, that soul, will do something from the soul realm and bring you up to a higher form of life. The completion of that revelation will change your mortal body into immortality. Let us stand this morning because we are now partaking of the body word of the Son of Man. The revelation of the tree of life has been revealed and it's in our midst now. Praise be to God. How many loves him? How many will eat of that tree? That's all you're required to do. You mean, Brother Greg, all I have to do is believe? Yes, but you believe until you receive. Paul said, have you received the Holy Ghost after you believed? Now, the good Baptist said, when you believe, you received it. No, when you believe it, you've received it into your mind. But there's a process that's got to take place until it becomes life in you. Have you received the life of the Holy Ghost since you believed on His name, been baptized and whatever more? That's the whole key. Revelation is the mystery. The mystery of God is the revelation. The great mystery was how God was going to come. And if you read the rest of that quotes and the rest of that message, Brother Branham is telling you in a symbol form, he was that tree of life. And if you take his message, which was not his, it was not his as the angel, but it was Revelation 10, 1, this bread come down from heaven that was using his voice. It wasn't me on the whole Ohio River. It wasn't me uh, that raised the dead. I was only standing there when he done it. Now, I'm telling you, the hard part is you can't hardly separate me from him. We had a picture of that light there. You can't separate Brother Branham from the light. There's 99% of the message people. Brother Branham's gone, and he fades out of, the, out of the picture. 
Our whole thoughts, our whole revelation, our whole study is the Word of God or that light. Christ is the mystery of God that's got to be revealed to you and I to change our bodies. He was the how. The revelation is the what. And you are the product of it because that fertilized word basically begins to grow in you and now our soul has grown until we are one with the word of God. We are married by eating the word. Praise be. Have you enjoyed the choir when they sang? I've heard so many comments I almost feel like, uh, uh, you know, they only come to hear the choir. And that's the way it should be. That's what I'm talking about right there. You're not feeding on the man. What's among you that taught you this morning is a result of that light. I'm not that light. You're not that light. Brandon was not that light. Jesus was not that light. There's your Logos. There's the mystery. There's the Christ that come out of God in the beginning. That light is the mystery of God now made known to us in a form of a prophet that we can absolutely see by hearing and understand the purpose of that light. He's here to take us to another realm called the rapture of the church. He is here and he will do it. He does not need your help outside of being a receiver. Receive it and believe it. Receive it and believe it. And if you'll do that, you'll find it takes a hold of your mind and your body and it'll begin to transform you and you'll see the light as he is the light. Amen. We'll walk in the light.